Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's Word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Well, good morning. It's great to be in the house of the Lord, even with just a couple of us. And I'm glad that you're joining us online this morning. We're going to spend some time in God's Word, and uh, we're going to pray. But it's so important that we come into the presence of the Lord every time, every week, and that we spend some time in His Word. And so even though there's a storm out there, and uh, some of you may be wondering, well, why didn't we have church today? Well, we are having church. It's just going to have to be online, and uh, because they're anticipating maybe... 30, 40, 50 mile an hour winds today. We just didn't want to encourage people to be out and about. And uh, so I'm so glad you joined us online today. And I encourage you to make a comment uh, either on YouTube or on Facebook and just let us know you're there. And if something means a lot to you, it'd be great to hear that as well. And uh, we've got a couple of guys uh, who are going to be monitoring that and responding. So I uh, hope that you'll do that today. Uh, a couple things I want to make you aware of. This Uh, Next week we will, weather permitting, begin our 9.30 outside service, and that will be in the breezeway, and there'll be metal chairs, and there'll also be um, the FM signal, so you can listen in your your car if if you're not feeling comfortable being outside in a chair. So that starts next Sunday at 9.30. We'll have children's worship on the basketball court, uh, and uh, so that'll be outside as well. And then at 11 o'clock, we will have a, our normal service in here with comfortable chairs, air conditioning. Children's ministry will be upstairs in room B207. Uh, so that's kind of the schedule going forward. But it is important for us today to open God's Word and to hear what He has to say. So would you pray with me as we begin our time together? Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for your church Lord, that this is not just an organization. Uh, Lord, it's not just a group of people. Rather, it is your living body, your representation here on earth, your physical representation. And Father, we pray that today, as we open your word, even though we are separated by distance, Lord, we can be joined in the Spirit, because your followers all have your Spirit. And we pray that we would be encouraged in that as we open your word today pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's 2020, and uh, I think that as we started 2020, everybody kind of had this idea that there was going to be a 2020 vision, right? And if you wear glasses or as Festus on Gunsmoke says, spectacles, uh, you have a 2020 vision. What was it going to be like? You know, I have a vision for my life for 2020 and beyond, and we all kind of thought we needed to have some kind of cool vision, But 2020 has given us a much different view, hasn't it? And I really believe that as we consider moving on from 2020 in just a couple of months, that our 2020 vision is really how 2020 has caused us to see the world and how it's caused us to see the future and how it's caused us to see ourselves. And I think it's important that we examine that that. for the next couple of weeks We're going to be looking at what 2020 vision really is and how we need to see the world based on the year 2020. 
You know, if you drive from Kansas to Colorado and you drive on I-70 West, you come across the Colorado border, and then not long after that, you begin to see something on the horizon. It's, it's kind of low on the horizon at first, and you think that's just a barn up there. I remember driving across that area when I was a child, and my dad said, oh, that's the Rocky Mountains. And we're like, no, Dad, that can't be the Rocky Mountains. That's, that's just a, a building or a barn. But the closer you get, the more you realize those are the Rocky Mountains, and they just kind of appear out of the prairie, and it's an amazing thing. But imagine if you saw the Rocky Mountains just begin to appear above the horizon, and then you said, you know what, I've seen enough, and you just stop there. I've seen the Rocky Mountains, that's all I need, and you just stop there, and you don't go any further, and you just stay maybe in Limon uh, Colorado or someplace like that, you don't ever, ever, ever actually get to the Rocky Mountains. See, vision is more than just seeing something from a distance. And Jesus wants to show us a vision where we see things a lot better than we see them naturally. It's like when I learned to play basketball, I learned to dribble, I learned to shoot, I learned to pass, I learned to play defense, but I didn't really know how to play the game until I'd been coached for a lot longer. And I began to learn how to play the game and actually compete. In a similar way, you go to college, and I remember taking my early courses in engineering and physics and chemistry, and initially you think, oh, I get it now, but you're just a freshman. You're a long way from standing on a drill rig, helping to drill a hole in the ground three miles deep. See, we, we kind of get an initial vision often, and sometimes we want to stop there, and we wonder why we can't really understand what's happening. And that's what's going on in this passage we're looking at today. Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. And this is a passage in the, um, when you think of Mark, we need to think of the most to the point, if you will, um, gospel. Because in Mark, Mark only really tells us what we need to know. He didn't give us a lot of extra stuff. He just gives us a really kind of simple um, outline of, of what Jesus' life is like. But it's very hard-hitting because it's very simple and to the point. And in Mark, right at this point, Jesus has, be, has been trying to explain to the disciples. He just, he just got done telling them, listen, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of the leaven of Herod. And what he meant by that was beware of this insidious ideas that come in from both the pridefully, spiritually, uh, those who, who think they're religious enough, good enough to uh, please God, those are the Pharisees, and that that's, can be insidious. Hey, you're good enough. You don't need to repent. And then the other side of it is those who have kind of created their own religion, their own God, those are the Herodians, and that leaven can be really insidious because it makes you feel so good. Hey, I, I've created my own standards. And Jesus has told his disciples, listen, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Herodians. But his disciples thought he meant don't buy bread from them because they didn't have any bread. And he's seeing that they're really not getting what he's trying to communicate. So he takes a turn in Mark chapter 8, verse 22, and he begins to explain to them in a different way. And I love that about Jesus. In our lives, often we need for Jesus to kind of stop and take us in a different direction, 
maybe bring someone else into our lives to help us understand, maybe a teacher, a preacher, or a friend, or a mentor, Jesus stops and he begins to speak to them in a different way, starting in verse 22 of Mark. And let's read the passage and then we'll kind of go back through it. Mark says this, And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked about and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly, and he sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. Really odd story if you think about it, because there's all kinds of, there's many, many uh, instances of Jesus healing people and miracle stories in the gospel accounts. Why does Mark include this one? Why does he include this particular account at this place? Well, let's start back at the beginning and let's, let's kind of examine what it is that, that Jesus is telling us through the gospel writer Mark. It says, They came to Bethsaida and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. I love that, don't you, that people cared about this man. Don't know if this was a friend, if this was a family member, maybe this was a businessman that they relied on and they needed him to have his sight. Don't, don't know really anything about him, and that's not the point. The point is that they cared enough about him to understand that they couldn't heal him. But Jesus could. But Jesus could. Let me ask you, is there someone that you're wanting Jesus to heal? Someone who just can't see who Jesus is, who can't see literally, who can't see something. You need them to get something. You need them to understand something. And you're trying to explain it to them. Let me just tell you, it's very likely that only Jesus can heal them. Only Jesus can heal them. Once we kind of get that in our mind and get that understanding, it, it does a couple of things. One, it, make, it compels us. We've got to get them to Jesus, and we constantly have to be coming before Jesus saying, would you help? Would you heal? Would you bring things into their lives that will help them? Would you, would you rescue them? Would you do what needs to be done, Jesus? It gives us that sense of, I'm coming to you, Jesus. And it also relieves us of thinking that it's our role alone to straighten them out. It keeps us from thinking that it's all up to me. I need to do my role, and my role is to get him to Jesus. My role is to constantly be coming before Jesus to see healing happen. So they bring him to Jesus in this, this village called Bethsaida. It's a little bit of debate of where it is, but it's definitely on the rim of the lake of the Sea of Galilee. And it's probably just across the Jordan River uh, from Capernaum. So it's in that same region where Jesus has done a lot of his ministry. So he's pretty well known there. So as he shows up, these people bring this man to him saying, heal him. They beg him, please heal him. Verse 23. And he took the blind man by the hand and he led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And let me pause there. It's kind of crazy, doesn't it? Um, come see Jesus, and he's going to spit on your eyes. What, the good news is the man wouldn't have seen him spit on his eyes, so that was probably a blessing. But in those days, it wasn't uncommon for him to, for, 
for a healer uh, to use human saliva actually in the healing process. And really the picture is that what comes from Jesus is what heals. So he spits in his eyes and he asked him, do you see anything? Which is, again, kind of odd because Jesus knows whether he can see anything or not. In verse 24, and he looked up and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Crazy. I see people, but they look like trees walking. So clearly what's happened is the blind man now sees, but not completely. There's a sense of, I, it's better than where I was. It's way better than being completely blind, but I'm not seeing clearly. And you may wonder, well, if he was blind from birth, how would he know what people and trees look like? Well, in those days, a lot of people went blind after they were adults or maybe late in childhood uh, because of various diseases that were prevalent at the time. So it's very likely that he would have remembered what a person and a tree look like. And so he says, I, I can see, but it looks like People are trees walking. And so what's happening here is, is something very unusual. And, uh, and what's, what's going on is we see that Jesus is trying to be a blessing to this man and that he, his, his vision is only partially restored. And uh, yeah, welcome. Good to see you. We do have a couple of people here today who braved the storm and... Uh, um, they're going to get up and do a song here in a minute. No, they're not really. Um, but uh, welcome. Mark chapter 8. So here's what's happening. He can only see partially. And people go, well, wait a minute. Did Jesus' power, has it kind of waned? You know, has the power of Jesus kind of, is it really not what it once was? What in the world is going on? I mean, it, Jesus never partially heals somebody. But Jesus has a purpose. You see, miracles are always a way to know about God. They're not just all about the miracle themselves. We often, we want Jesus, would you act in a certain way? Would you do a certain thing? And we get excited about the miracle, about the provision, about the healing. But we forget what it tells us about Jesus himself. See, Jesus is saying... I might just work in stages. I might not heal you completely initially. I might not give you everything you need to know at one time. Remember he told the disciples one time, he said, there's so much more. I think it's John 16, 12. He said, there's so much more that I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it yet. In other words, I can't dump everything on you at one time. You don't get all of your college, your college learning on one day. right? You don't learn how to be a basketball player on one day. You don't see the Rocky Mountains from 70 miles away. It's a process, and it comes in stages. The man says, I see trees walking. I see people, but they're, but they're trees walking. Have there been times in your life when you just really felt like you took a step, a big step in following Jesus? Maybe it was that initial step where you accepted Christ. 
Or maybe it was before that even. See, most everyone I've ever talked to as a pastor who came to Jesus, there were steps that happened before that. Maybe it was a mother or a father, like in my case, or, or maybe it was a pastor, or maybe there were some things in your life that drew you to him to where you were ready that one day when he got through to you and he said, Steve, I, I want you to repent of your sin. I want you to receive my spirit. I want to save you. It's really seldom just that one instance. We read the, the account of the Apostle Paul and that salvation story as he's on the road um, to Damascus and, and Jesus stands before him. There's lights that's flashing and, and Paul says, oh, he falls down at his feet. And we, we kind of all want that Damascus road experience, but that's the only Damascus road experience in the Bible, incidentally. So if you don't have that incredible, just sudden change, don't feel bad because Jesus almost always works in stages. For some of you, your salvation experience has been more like a sunrise than a lightning strike. And that's very normal. But Jesus is beginning to tell them something that they probably didn't understand at first. And he wants them to understand, he wants them to understand they may not get it all at once. They may not understand everything at the beginning. You see, there's a lot more there than we understand. And we often, we often think we know way more than we really do. We often think we know way more than we really do. We're going to look at this further in the coming weeks as we look at the life of Peter. And as Peter, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And, and then Peter gets upset with Jesus. Jesus has to deal with him. So all of these things um, are a part of the life of Jesus and how he works. So understand and be encouraged that Jesus often works in stages. We can't get it all at once. So he says, I see, I see people, but they look like trees walking. And then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. And he opened his eyes, and his sight was restored and saw everything clearly. So Jesus touched him again, and now he sees perfectly. What's the message here? What's the message here? He, oh, he touches him with his eyes, and he sees everything clearly. There's a couple things we need to see. First of all, there will be a time. There will be a time when we see everything just as it is. Now we see through a glass darkly, 1 Corinthians 13, but then we will see Jesus face to face. There will be a time when we see everything clearly, and we'll see in the life of Peter that he has a lot of stages to go through before he sees clearly. There will be a time when we see things clearly. But in addition to that, in addition to that, we will see things clearly at some point. But in order for that to happen, we're going to have to stay very close to Jesus. We're going to have to stay very close to Jesus. Imagine, again, that you're walking or you're driving from, from the border of Colorado to the Rocky Mountains you have to stay close to Jesus in order to see what he wants to show you. You have to, stay, you have to continue to travel. You can't just say, hey, Jesus, go on and, and let me know what's happening. 
what happens is Jesus continues to touch our eyes when we stay close to him. And he's the only one who can show us what he wants to show us. He's the only one that can give us spiritual sight. In verse 26, And he sent him to his home saying, Do not even enter the village. You say, why does Jesus do this? He does this over and over, and he tells people, don't tell people what happened. Don't, don't, get, um, don't go around telling people that I've healed you. He wants them kind of to go back home rather than to go back into the village. And what happens is what Jesus is saying is, I don't want you to focus on the miracle. I want you to focus on me. I don't want you to focus on the thing that you've just seen me do. I want you to understand what that says about me, that I am the one who gives spiritual sight. I'm the one that helps you understand what's happening. And when we think of 2020, we need spiritual vision, amen? We need to have a sense that Jesus shows us what he's doing. And let me just give you one little insight into this. Notice what Jesus does is he heals this man who only sees people as trees walking. Could it be that part of what Mark wants us to see here is that we initially kind of just see people as inanimate objects that are walking around? And it's easy to just see people as things, as, as maybe people who can be on our side, who we can convince to walk with us. Uh, maybe we see people who are just for their vote or their political view or to support us. Maybe that's how we see them initially, but when we walk with Jesus, we see people as humans. People that Jesus wants to draw to himself. People that are worth sacrificing for. See, that's the message of Jesus, and he's about to give that to the disciples. We'll talk about that in the weeks to come. When you consider who Jesus is, when you think about the vision that he gave, we have to look at the world through the vision of Jesus Christ. We have to see people as worth sacrificing for. We have to see them in that light. How do you see people today? How, how is your spiritual vision? Is it all based on your view and, and your frame of reference? Or are you asking Jesus, I want to see people as you see them? I want you to show me, Jesus, what you're doing. In our world today, there's so much going on and um, there's so much happening. And I know sometimes we can feel like it's out of control and 2020 is out. Listen, it's never out of control. Jesus is going to do what he set out to do. He is going to bring people to himself. He's going to make disciples. He's going to deal with evil. And he's going to do it in a very powerful way. It's so important that we keep our eyes on Jesus. So what about you today? Have you received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ? I mean, really. Not, not just do you know the story, and not, not just, you know, yeah, I believe Jesus was a historical figure. No, but have you received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Have you said, yes, I need to repent. I want the spirit of Jesus to live in me. Has that happened? 
See, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's taught us that this world is not safe. This is not our home. Jesus is building us a home. But unless we receive his salvation, we don't get to go to that home. And my heart is that in these days of chaos and craziness, that we would realize that Jesus is a God of order and he's building an amazing place for us. And he wants to start his kingdom in your life right now on this earth, in this crazy place, and give you his joy and his peace. It's waiting for you. Would you receive it today? And for some of you, you're a little distracted right now, trying to figure out what's happening in the world. COVID, election results, all those things are kind of, what's God doing? Listen, God is always at work and there is no power, there is no election results that can stop Jesus from doing what he wants to do. In fact, I would say this, that when the church has less political power, the church tends to be more effective. Get ready. There's going to be challenging times, but there's going to be amazing victory in Jesus Christ. He's going to do things through us that we never thought possible, that beyond our wildest dreams, I really believe that Jesus may be ready to bring revival. Are we ready to participate? I hope we are. I hope we are. Stay close to Jesus. Spend time with him. Spend some time in silence and solitude as you study his word. Listen to what he is saying. Ask for him to shape your life and be in prayer constantly. God, I need for you to heal my friends. I need for you to heal my family. I need for you to do what only you can do. And I want to be your servant, Jesus. Stay close to him. Travel with him so that he can give you his vision. Would you pray with me? Lord, your word is powerful. And we know that you could have healed that man immediately. And we also know, Lord, that you could supernaturally put within us all the knowledge of you that we need to have. And you could give us your vision immediately, but that's not how you choose to work. You choose to lead us step by step, stage by stage, constantly revealing who you are and improving our vision. God, may we stay very close to you in these days. And for those who have never come to know you, they've never followed you, Jesus, we ask today you would draw them and that they would say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I declare you as Lord and Savior. Jesus, would you come into my life and save me? In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry out, we cry out.